0: I think one of the major disappointments that we see in many Christian circles is that there are many colloquialisms about what it actually means to be to be blessed. In charismatic circles, we often see that they think that that word is synonymous with the word grace, which is just unmerited favor and We see in prosperity circles that they believe that there is some kind of tangible financial evidence that God loves you more than he loves other people. And they think that that is what it means to be blessed. But what I want to do today is help us see that the word blessed doesn't have to have this broad definition attached to it, but rather it is defined clearly for us in Scripture. Now, I've noticed that even in our reformed circles like I am, our more conservative Christian circles, that very often we're actually even afraid to use the very word blessed because we don't want to be labeled with the charismatic or prosperity teachers. But we must have clarity on what that word means. There's even, there have even been songs written. There's one song in particular that says, go get your blessing, whatever that means. So what we want to do today is is offer clarity on these short-sighted views and understandings of what it actually means to be blessed and look at what scripture has defined what a blessed person actually is. So we are just excited to jump into God's word today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you are offering us clarity in what it truly means to be blessed. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to jump in here. Join me, if you will, to the first Psalm, Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree. Planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The Psalter here opens up by saying, Blessed is the man. But we have to figure out what he actually means by the word blessed. What is his definition here of what blessed actually means? Now, what I like about this text is that he actually starts off instead of doing what we would have done by saying this is what the blessed man is. He actually starts off by saying this is what the blessed man isn't. So he provides for us a few negative statements to allow us to see that there is something that the blessed man doesn't do. And so let's look at what those are today. That brings us to our first point, what the blessed man isn't. The writer makes a few things clear about the blessed man. He says, firstly, the blessed man is not influenced by the way of the world. This person does not receive counsel from the world, and he does not walk in their guide or their direction. Now, this is an extremely important point for all of us to understand. The blessed man must be God's man and not the world's man. The Bible tells us as believers that we should absolutely have counsel. We should absolutely be receiving counsel, but it tells us that that should be from godly counsel. That means that for the believer, the blessed person rejects the influence of the world and receives counsel from the people that they know are rooted in God and rooted in God's word. Many times there are different non-Christian influences that we accept, whether it's a book or a housewife or a talk show host or some pseudo-spiritual God, but these things are not the evidence of the blessed person. The Bible makes it clear here that the blessed person receives direction exclusively from God. When the writer wrote here, he describes the blessed man in three different ways. He says that the blessed man walks, the blessed man stands, and the blessed man sits. So the blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the world, but he also does not stand in the way of sinners. Now, the Bible makes it clear to us that there is absolutely a way, a path, a direction that sinners are going. And the Bible says that there is a way that seems right to man. There is a path that seems right to man, but that path leads to destruction. And so what it's saying here for us is that for the believer, for the blessed man, for the Christian, we are not going in the way or the path that the sinners are going. We do not stand in that way. The Bible tells us that the inevitable destruction that is prepared for the believer, the non-believer, the believers are preserved from. That is what it really means to be blessed. The blessed man isn't found in that way, but he resides in the way and path of God. He is preserved, like I just said, ultimately from the ultimate destruction, which will be of the soul, because he is anchored in the way of God. See, we have to move from thinking that being blessed is just a result of something that we do or something that has been done to us that is not merely just the tangible response to God's favor, but it is more than just that. We must understand that in order for us to truly demonstrate that we are blessed, we demonstrate that in how we live and for whom we live. Finally, he says here that the blessed man does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, I realize that this one is going to be pretty challenging for most of us because many of us do absolutely have friends who are not believers. But here he's meaning people who are not just unbelievers, but people who mock the very notion of God, people who find the very idea of God laughable. For the believer, he does not Fellowship. He does not sit in the seat of the scoffer, but he has a contrasting delight and desire. And that is in God's law. That is in God's word. That brings us to the point now that it is no longer simply describing what the blessed man is. not But now he finally gets to the part where he describes what the blessed man is and what the blessed man does. And that brings us to our second point. What the blessed man is. I believe from all of what we have read so far that there is one equivocation that we can make certain about the blessed man. The blessed man, not only is he God's man, but he is a righteous man. This is not normally the characteristic that we see assigned to a blessed man, I understand, but it is the description of the man that we see here in this text. Now, I know you're going to say, Brandon, how do you know that this man is, in fact, a righteous man? Well, that's because the writer makes it clear here. What does he say about him? He says his delight, his peace, his joy is in the law of God. It is in the righteousness of the Lord. How do I know that that's a righteous man? Because there is not a single unrighteous man who actively desires and pursues after God. The Bible says that apart from him, there is none who is righteous. No, not one. There is none that seeks after him. So the only man, the only blessed man that we see that delights in the way of God is in fact the righteous man. The writer says that he meditates on this Word and his life is characterized by careful contemplation of God's law. All throughout the Bible, there is an unbreakable connection between God and the man who upholds his law. And we see it all throughout the Bible, people. Listen, in Joshua 1.8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, we see here that there is a connection between our obedience and our blessedness and prosperity. But in using those two words, I want to make it clear what we mean by being blessed and being prosperous because these words have been so manipulated and mangled by the charismatic and prosperity circles that we've lost what they actually mean. And so what I want to do is clarify and qualify what exactly the Bible means by it describing us as blessed and prosperous. In verse three, it says that the righteous and blessed man is just like the tree that is planted by the streams of water. Now, we have to put this in context. And I don't want you to think of a tree in our country and in our time, but think of a tree planted in the arid, rough climate of Israel. He says that the blessed man is like that tree that is thriving in that rough climate. The blessed man is firm and secure in a torturous torturous world, just as the tree is firm and secure in a torturous climate. Not only that, though, what holds the tree is that it is closely knitted to its source. And that's the stream. For the blessed person, we are closely knitted to our source, and that is God. When we are closely rooted to God, no matter how bad the spiritual climate may be around us, we are like the tree that is planted by the streams of water. We are fixed in our position because we are rooted firmly in God. They are rooted deeply in the law of God. That then brings us prosperity But I want you to understand that that isn't just what we think of prosperity as, but that is spiritual prosperity. We can remain firm and fixed because of how rooted we are in God. Look at what Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 17 and seven, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the, in is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not have fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now why is he blessed again? Because even in the changing culture and climate, he is like the tree that is rooted to the source. He says that when the heat comes, he does not wither. And when the drought comes, he does not withhold his fruit. That is the blessed man. He is driven, he is motivated by his relationship with God and he has confidence in God. Therefore, there is an overwhelming peace that happens in the life of the believer, of the blessed man, of the righteous man, of God's man, that does not happen in the life of a person who is unrighteous, and certainly of a person who isn't blessed. Now, we see what the blessed and righteous lives look like. Well, We must also see the contrasting life, and that is of the unrighteous man. See, Paul gave us a description. He says for the man who is unrighteous, the man who isn't blessed, he is actually tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine there is. He is not firm in his position. He is not fixed and rooted in God. James actually tells us that the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, what we need to see is, see is that there are two dichotomies here. The blessed man and the man who is unrighteous. See, this should be a moment for all of us to look introspectively in our own lives and think, Where do I fall here, God? Am I truly blessed the way that the Bible describes me as being blessed? Am I righteous? Am I rooted in the footing of God? Or are we like the pinball game when the ball is looking for a place to go and when chaos and confusion happens, it's bounced all over the place? Do we bounce all over the place looking for answers or in the most difficult times in our lives, do we display overwhelming peace knowing that we have been rooted and grounded in God? Did we rely on God as our only source of hope and consistency or did we rely on the influence of those who despise God? That brings us to our last point today. And it is just a reassertion of our title, what it really means to be blessed. I hope that by this point, we have all gathered that being blessed is so much more than just merely our financial prosperity in God. It is more than our career prosperity It's more than the prosperity of our kids or our families or our health. It is so much more than cheap phrases like I'm too blessed to be stressed. But rather, it has everything to do with how we live as believers. To be blessed means to unequivocally be filled with and by the Holy Spirit. By being filled with the Holy Spirit, we are then guided by him in everything that we do. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, we live by and obey God's law. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no ability within us to obey God's law. Now, that obedience to his law is not merely out of a burden obligation, but we do it with great joy and love because we love God. The Holy Spirit then produces a stability in us and a resilience in us that, cannot, that we cannot generate ourselves. And he provides peace for us in the various stages of life. And in these various stages, we do not break, we do not bend, we do not shift, we do not move, but we hold our positions as believers in the faith. In the New Testament, there are two major occasions by which Jesus describes for us what the blessed life truly looked like, and they are both lives full of obedience to God's law. The first one is in Matthew 7, 24. would be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat up against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Do you see the, the benefit of being blessed? It isn't about how much you make or where you live, but it's all about the foundation of your life. Many Christians today lack the contentment that God has provided for them merely because they have built their foundation and their relationship on the ever-fleeting temporal and transient things that exist. They think that being blessed and prosperous is more than just the contentment with God, but they think that it is something that they must tangibly receive from God that proves their prosperity. But let me expose something that happens quite often in the world. Many people will take note that many wealthy Americans will give charitably to many foundations and they give away money and they build schools and they go to other countries and they take take care of the poor. And I'm not saying those are bad things and it absolutely helps those people, but notice whenever they do it, they always say something like, I didn't know how blessed I was, or this really made me thankful for what I have. In fact, I have a quote for you that probably sums up what many people who think they are blessed think that they are doing. And they think that they're actually helping others. It says this, if you wanna lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Now that is a quote by Booker T. Washington in that first glance is pretty admirable until you understand what he's really saying here. He's saying, if you want to feel better about yourself, if you want to lift yourself up, if you want to edify yourself, do something for somebody else and that will make you feel better about yourself. The reality is that many people who are wealthy and well-loved only can put in terms how grateful they are when they begin to look at the downfall of those around them. See, when our lives are built on anything other than the blessing of God, it is a rocky foundation and provides no surety for us at all. And we will always need something else to make us feel secure. But when we are rooted and planted in God, we are next to our source. So let me ask you this question. Are you really blessed? Do you walk according to God's wisdom and his counsel? Or do you walk according to the world's? Are you in fellowship with sinners and mockers of God? Where is your delight focused? Do you get delight in an obedience to God's law? Or does your delight come in the things that displease God? Do you find yourself contemplating the law of God and his way? Or is your mind bombarded by the ever-growing bills and challenges that you face in life? In the ebbs and flows of your life, are you fixed in your security in Christ? Or are you tossed here and there according to the circumstances and where they take you? Let me tell you if you are blessed. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Let's see how Jesus describes the blessed person. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, I will sum this up quite quickly for you. First of all, we can absolutely see that the blessed man is blessed in a way, not how the world describes, but how the Bible describes. And the blessed man is blessed because they are fixed in God and content with God alone. They are content in God because they know where their eternity is and they are not motivated by the ever-fleeting reality of today. They are motivated by His Word. But they're also motivated knowing that the full reward that we have is waiting for us in heaven when we will receive a crown of righteousness. That is what it means to truly be blessed. The man and woman, the person who is blessed, is blessed because they have received the greatest gift of all. And that is the gift of eternal life. And this is in fact a gift and it is not your own doing. So if there's anything that I want you to be able to see today is that you are only blessed if the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been credited to your account. If you are a Christian, you are blessed beyond belief. Even if you don't have an account that is overflowing, you are blessed more than you know. Even if you are dealing with sickness in your body and even if you are being afflicted in every way, that does not mean that you are blessed. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, my brother, my sister, it doesn't matter what's going on. In this reality, there is a greater reality that awaits you. Do not be moved by the description and the parameters of what it means to be blessed by the world. If your eternity is secure in Jesus Christ, you are blessed. And my prayer today is that you know that though the afflictions may come, and they will, from every side, in every way, You are blessed, for great is your reward in heaven. That is what it truly means to be blessed. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we know what it absolutely means to be blessed. God, our prayer is that today you will enlighten our hearts, open the eyes of our hearts, so that we can see even if our reality is not where we want it to be, we are blessed beyond belief. It has nothing to do with where we live, what we drive, what we make, where we work, to whom we're married, but it has everything to do with what you did on the cross and you took our sins away and you secured our eternity in heaven. And so we thank you now that it is fixed in you and that there is nothing that can happen, to snatch us out of your hand. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My prayer is that this word has blessed you today, that this word has edified you today. And in fact, if this word has blessed you today and if it has opened up your mind to what it truly means to be blessed If you would just put in the comments right now, just chat for us and say, blessed, I am blessed. If you would just put that in the comments right now to tell us that you see that you are truly blessed by God because you have the righteousness of Christ imputed to you. Put that in the comments. Let us know how blessed you are. Amen. Well, it is now time for. Our next portion of worship and you all were so generous to us on last week and we're just praying and asking that you would be so generous to us again and just give from the goodness of your heart, from what God has given to you. You are the support of this church and we are so grateful. We do not take you for granted and you all hold this thing together. So right now it's going to come up on the screen for you. There are multiple ways that you can give. You see that you can give through our cash app, that is Victory City. You also see that you can give through our text to give. And you see that we have the the option here where you can go onto the website and just click donate. Again, we will have the links for you to be able to give. Um, just to support us. We thank you so much in this, again, this strange time in our country, but you all have, your love for us has been overwhelming. So we are just grateful for Victory City. We're grateful for our family locally and our family abroad. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. So my prayer is that this word has blessed you tremendously, that it will allow you to see how blessed You truly are. We thank you for joining us one more week here in Victory City Live. We love the interaction that we have. We pray that you have a blessed, blessed week. God bless you.